Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. Dr. Lee Warren here with you for another episode of Self Brain Surgery, the Dr. Lee Warren podcast. And I have an exciting announcement. It is Tuesday, and that means it's Tuesdays with Tata. Man, we had a great talk on Sunday afternoon. Tata and I talked about suffering and theology and the lessons we can learn from the Old Testament book of Job. If you're going through something hard, this will give you a good example of how to prepare how to handle it, and what to do when you're in the worst moments of your life. And Job shows us how to get it done. Tata drew some great things out of this book, and we had a wonderful talk. And I hope that you'll buckle up, get a pen and paper, some notes and a Bible. And if you're working out, uh, come back to it later and take some notes. The transcript will be available to you so you can have the written transcript out. Now, these are computer-generated transcripts, and there may be an error or two here and there. So if you run across something you can't decipher, Send me an email, lee at drleewarren.com, and I'll help you with the transcript and try to get it corrected. So just let me know about that. We had an amazing talk. I hope you're ready to talk with Tata about Job and suffering. And that leaves us, my friend, with just one question. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. Are you ready to change your life? Well, this is the place, Self-Brain Surgery School. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and this is where we go deep into how we're wired, take control of our thinking, and find real hope. This is where we learn to become healthier, feel better, and be happier. This is where we leave the past behind and transform our minds. This is where we start today. Are you ready? This is your podcast. This is your place. This is your time, my friend. Let's get after it. Well, friend, we're back, and it's another Sunday afternoon here on the river. I've got my main man, Dennis McDonald, for Tuesdays with Tata. How are you doing today, Tata? I'm well. How are you? I'm okay. I guess if it's Sunday afternoon, it must be Tuesdays with Tata. Uh, pray what it is. This is the guy right here. And what are we going to talk about today, Tata? Well, what I, what I would like to talk about is Job and what happened to him. And, and, and what I would ask that you do, friends, as you, as you listen to this and look at it, and I'll give you time to get to that if you're, if you're searching for it, Job in the Old Testament. Um, put yourself in the story. How would you respond? Yeah. How would you respond? And, and probably to make it easy for us to, under, to have, first of all, inter, introduce Job, we, I will read from chapter 1 for you, uh, not that, just to give you some glimpse of who he was. And, and the record says that there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright. Wow. And, and who feared God and turned away from evil. And there was born, he had three sons and he had three daughters. And he had, he put, he's in, a, in an agrarian situation, he was a very rich man. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and many servants. We don't know how many. And I recall, you probably heard the expression too, poor is a Job's turkey. Yeah. <laughs> and no turkey is in this list. Um, and so, but one of the things that we discover right away is the, the posture that Job had as he, as he presented himself to God was his, his, his sons and daughters would, would, have a, would have a feast and celebrate on their day. I'm assuming the record tells us that it's their, their day. I'm assuming it's their birthday, that they would meet together in one another's house. 
and celebrate. And what Job would do after they would celebrate, after they finished eating and drinking and celebrating, Job would send for them and consecrate them. He would pray for them. Yeah. And he would offer sacrifices for him, for them. And he, he, it, it is because what Job reasoned in his own heart was that, and it may be that any of my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This God, Job did continually. Wow. He was concerned about his family. And praying for his kids, sacrificing yes. on their behalf. Yeah. That's right. And he, he consecrated them. He was concerned about that they had sinned against God. And I, I don't know about you, but I, and I, when this was, I can't tell you. But the first time I read this, uh, I, I was taken back by the fact that when the sons of men presented themselves before God, that Satan was among them. Yeah. And God looked out and saw him. He asked Satan, where have you been? Where do you come from? And said, Satan told him I'd have been walking back and forth on the earth. But he didn't say what he was doing, but that he was looking. Yeah. Peter tells us that he's like a roaring lion. That's right. He's looking for someone to devour. So, so but, and, and, why, and, and the record says, tells us that God asked Satan, have you considered my servant, Job? Wouldn't you like to be referred to like that? Yep, my servant. My servant, my friend. Have you considered him? Have you thought about him? There's no one like him. He is upright. He has never sinned against God. And he has not sinned against God. And he, 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 turns, he shuns evil. And then, but Satan, Satan answer, he asks a question. And that's what he usually does. That's and the right. first, first, find, first time we find, and we, we think that we know that the serpent was Satan, he asked Eve a question. That's right. So he always asks a question. That, and, and what does that cause us to do when someone asks us a question? We have to stop and think. Mm-hmm. And maybe we respond and maybe we don't. Yeah. Maybe we don't respond accurately enough. Maybe we respond out of our heart. I don't know. <clears throat> but, and pardon me, but I'm, I'm a little stuffy today again for some okay. reason. I don't know it's why. It's Nebraska. <laughs> I, guess it's, I guess it's feed dust. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway... But Satan then made, made a comment about Job, about God had built a hedge around Job and it protected him and blessed him with all of these provisions and all these possessions. And so if, and God said, told Satan, okay, you can, you can have your way with him. He's in your hand. Just don't harm him. Yeah. And so in one day, in one day, think about this. And if this happened to us, and you think about the times when you've suffered uh, loss and when you've suffered trauma and suffered some dilemma that caused you to just really wonder who you were. Um, but in one day, Job lost everything he had. Wow. He lost all of his possessions. He lost his children. And what did he do? He rose up and he, he, tore, he, he tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. He worshiped. That's amazing. And, and then he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I go. The Lord gave, give, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I remember we used to sing a song about that. Yep. Blessed Matt be Redmond. The, Blessed be the name. Yeah. Yep. Blessed be your name. Yeah. And all of this, and all of this tragedy that befell him, he did not sin, and he did not curse God. That's right. But think about that. And, and we have no reference to anybody in his family. 
or anyone else besides his wife that, that had any concern for him. So he was alone. Yeah. In all of his misery, he was alone. Yeah. But that isn't the end of the story. No. Because there was another day when the, when, when the men of when God's people appeared before him and Satan was among them. God asked him the same question. Where, where did you, where you been? What have you been doing? And he went, he, because he, he said, I've been walking back and forth through on the earth. And then he, then he, God said to him, in all the things that have happened to Job, he has not sinned. Wow. He has not given up his integrity. That's right. He had lost all his possessions and lost his children mm. in one day. The trauma of that had awesome. to be just overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that losing one child, you've lost two. There's just overwhelming grief. And friend, if you've been through that, we're sorry. But I can't even, there's no math that gets you to what Job must have felt. No, no, there is not. You can't, we, we can ponder that as long as we have breath, but we're, we cannot understand it. That's right. Uh, we, we, cannot, we, we cannot comprehend what, what that was like. But at the end of this conversation, after God had said to Satan, think about this. All that he's done, all you've done to him, and he has not lost his integrity, he has That's not right. sinned. So, but then Satan said, well, take his life. And God told him, said, no, you can have your way with him if you want, but you cannot take his life. That's so right. what does that tell you about, like I said, there, there's several lessons here that we could be talk, learning yeah. and talking about that. And I can't, I don't, I don't have a real answer for what kind, of, what kind of situation or relationship that God has when he looks at Satan, or what he thinks about when he looks at Satan, but we, we know already that he's got Satan on a short leash. That's right. He's going to, Satan can only go so far. But anyway, what happened to Job next is he was covered with sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Yeah. And so he was so bad that he took pottery shards and scratched himself with them, wow. and he sat in ashes. Think about Think about that situation that he's in. He's lost everything. Then he's beginning to lose his health. And, got, and, and then he only, but he did not sin. He did not curse God. He was That's not right. against God. Even, but his wife came and said, you still have your integrity. Why don't you just curse God and die? <laughs> his wife. His wife. Curse God and die. She didn't want to see him suffer. No. And he, to, he accused her of being foolish because the Lord... Why would we? He questioned. He said, "Why would we question God if He gives good gifts and He gives bad gifts as well, That's right. take, and takes them away?" But in, in, in all of this suffering that He went through, He did not sin. Hmm. He did not reject God. Now, and then his, then his friends came to see Him. His friends showed up. Yeah, showed his friends showed up. Now, think about that. Now, no one in his family, other than his wife, has said anything to him that we know of. In all the suffering that he's going through, he does not have a friend. He does not have anybody to talk to, nobody to commiserate with. But his friend showed up, and when, when they saw him from a long way off, they didn't even recognize him. Wow. He was so miserable. And they even cried and tore their garments, tore their robes, wow. and threw dirt, dust in the air. And they sat on the ground for seven days and seven nights and did not say a word. Wow. So they did well. 
They did what John Swanson says. They showed up and shut up. That's right. That's right. They, they, just they appeared. They appeared. <laughs> but, but then later on, we'll see that they made a mistake. They started talking. That's right. They started talking. Yeah. The only thing that, the only thing out that we see that Job did, and, and I, I can understand that. He, 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 he cursed. He didn't say he cussed, but he cursed the day that he was even born. Yeah. And that part I can understand. I, I, I don't remember being in any kind of situation like that where um, I felt like that I, I wished I had not been born or I, didn't, I wanted to curse my, life, my birthday. I, 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 did not, I did not want to curse God, but I can recall sometimes when I negotiated with him. Yeah, me too. And and I can I can ask I can remember times when I said to him why, and then I can remember two times when I said to him, well, don't you remember these things that I did? And then it occurred to me he knows everything. Yeah, he does. He knows, he knows everything. everything. Who am I that I and I like Job? I understand when when finally at the end of the end of the whole this whole narrative that that God talks to Job personally, one-on-one, and Job finally says, I'll put my hand over my mouth. That's right. And that's, what I, I, that's where I've arrived. And not far be it from me to even question. Now, does God, does God not like that? Does God reject our questions? I don't think so. I think he wants to hear from us. He wants to know, he wants us to say how we're feeling. Yes. He wants, he wants to hear from us about that. He wants to, us to unburden ourselves. And I think that's what Job was doing. He, he was unburdening himself. But I, I can't even comprehend in my, in my feeble thinking, after all this tragedy and all this, these massive things that happened to him, the loss of his family, his children, his possessions, his own health was deteriorating, and he did not curse God, and he did not sin against God. Mm. He maintained his integrity. Because, like he said, Job said it succinctly. He said, naked I came, and naked I'll go. Yeah, that's right. And that's where we are. We brought that's nothing right. in, and we'll take nothing out. Yeah. Um, and so we, we have to... What the lesson for us here is, how do we suffer? How do we grieve? Uh, Is there a formula? Are there steps? We're told and we're educated that there are. But for me, I can't can't quite understand the steps. I can't understand the process. All I know is at some point, and here again to me, a lot of this is just, and I, and I count that as a blessing, though, that a lot of this is now just like a blur right. in my memory. That's natural. That's right. And, and, and I remember the good times. And I remember the times of when we laughed. Uh, but I remember times when, uh, but Satan brings memories that say, well, don't you remember what you did? Yeah. Don't you remember what you said? Mm-hmm. And so that's where we're taught to rebuke Satan in Jesus' name. That's right. In order him to get behind us. That's what Jesus did when he was in the wilderness. 
and that and, and, and quote scripture to him. That's right. And I think there's a lesson here too, Dad. When we talk about how Job responded with integrity to the trial, I think that that is almost what it is. It's forensic evidence that he had done the prehab work, the, the right. decision-making work before he had his massive thing. Like, That's right. It obviously is old enough to have six children and a, and a vast fortune and a wife. He'd lived through some hard things before. Everybody has. Absolutely. So, so who knows what those things were? Were they you know, illnesses or stillbirths or you know, miscarriages or whatever? But, but what we can tell from Job's response is that when when the pressure was on, he had he fell to a pretty high level of preparation. Absolutely, and yeah. so that 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 says for us this idea that we talk about in hope is the first dose is like make your decisions about who God is, friend, before you have the massive thing happen. Make your decision about the promises you're going to hold on to, what your what your baseline faith is, because like Tata just said, trauma and the enemy will attack you in the places where you have the most doubt. He'll attack you in the place where you have the most regret. He'll recall to mind the things that you could have done differently or better. And you've got to decide, God still loves me. You've got to know that in your core, what you believe to be true. And so it's not that you won't falter. It's how far will you falter? That's right. How completely will you falter? And Job gives us an example here. Absolutely. because And God, the clue for us is that Job said, God gives and he takes away. That's right. So he understood. Now, now is he blaming God? No. He is. Is he recognizes that that all his blessings come from God? Yes. And, and I'm I'm thinking that he recognized the fact that none of this was done with his hands. That's right. That he was he was he was he was picked out. He was singled out. He he received blessings that that. And the other part of it is when all of this happened to him, one of the things that. He did, when he lost his children, when he lost his possessions, he fell to the ground. Well, he tore his garments, shaved his head, fell to the ground, and worshipped. That's right. He worshipped. He remembered God. And he acknowledged God. That's right. And he, so he, but anyway, the whole point is that what are we going to do when we don't have any place to go? The only thing that, that we can do is we can cry out for God to help us. That's right. And, and if we haven't accepted God as, as, our, as the one that will help us, then, then we're in trouble. That's uh, right. We got an email this week, uh, a few days ago, from a woman who was driving in her car on the way to the hospital where her daughter was in for a drug-related psychotic break and suicide mm-hmm. attempt. And she said that she, devastating, right? And she, she turned on the radio and one of our podcast episodes was on about what to do when you don't know what to do. That's right. And in that episode, Tommy Walker's song gives us that Job response of, when I don't know what to do, I worship. When, when I don't know what to do, I give thanks. And that's not because we're crazy. So, I mean, hear this, friend. Take it into your heart. We're not saying that you just cast your cares aside and no. go to church and no. forget about it and move on. That's not the point. No. The point is... That because we know we have a God and a Savior who cares enough about us to receive us in our pain, even though we have sin, even though we were broken, even though we may not handle the trauma thing properly or, or well, we have a God who can do something about it. That's right. He can redeem it. He can help us. He can come alongside us in our pain. He can rise to show us compassion. And ultimately, 
there is a resurrection and we will be reunited with those people that we've lost. So, so the right. proper response is gratitude that we have mm-hmm. access to the Savior, the healer, the one right. who cares about us. It's not crazy, forget about it, move on, worship. No. It's not that. It's thank <clears throat> God we have this ability to turn to him because he's the only one who can help us. That's right. And God doesn't promise to fix it. That's right. He doesn't say he will fix it. He doesn't say he will bring them back. He doesn't say he will he will give them give us good health. He doesn't right. prosper us. He, but he does say that he will be with us. And and that's one of the things that 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 has plagued me for a long time and uh, is that you don't forget. You can't forget. You'll have memory of it, whatever the event is, you'll have memory of it as long as you have breath. That's right. And, and I don't know, I'm not saying that that's good or bad. I'm not judging it. I'm just saying that's a fact. Mm-hmm. So, but in, in all of that, the only thing that I know that you can do is ask God for peace. That's right. And, and comfort and help. And, and one of the things that, that, that you have to underst- we have to understand is we have to say, we have, ask God to help us get through this. Right. Help There's us get a- to the other side. There's an Old Testament, New Testament duality here that is helpful. When you say we can ask God for peace, Paul says in Philippians 4, when we feel these things, when we have anxiety, we are to to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, present your request Mm -hmm. to God and what what will happen. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He'll guard your heart. Right? Yes. The Old Testament says he is close to the brokenhearted. He will rise to show you compassion. He will present his peace to you. He will get up. He'll get up out of his chair to come and help you in your weakness and your pain. So here's the point of that, Tata. The point of it is when when he says that his peace will guard our minds, what happens to you when you're in extreme stress? What happens to you when you've gone through the massive thing? Your mind goes crazy. That's right. And you start saying, this is my fault. This is never going to be okay. I will never survive this. My family's going to fall apart. You start hearing all these lies that yes, come. Yes. Some things may be based in some truth. Yes, I'll always be sad. Yes, my family will struggle with That's this. Right. But this, the follow-on thoughts are not usually true. This, no. you, you're now disqualified from being a dad anymore. That's right. That's you, right. Your, your wife's going to leave you. you this is going to end up this way. So what happens is God comes in and says from the Old Testament, cease striving, be still. That's right. And know that I am God. I'm going to help you here. I'm the one who can get in the boat with you, like you said last week, and <laughs> calm this storm. Yeah. I'm the only one who can help you in this moment. So cease striving and be still, and I will guard your heart while we get through this together. That's, yes, and and we and, and that's the key right there. Because what, remember that in all of this, all of the all of the tragedy that that fell upon him, he was alone. Yeah, he was alone. That's right. He was by himself. He needed help, and so three friends came to him. And they did well for a time, and then they started answering Job. They, I thought they were, but they, and I'm sure that their motives were correct. God didn't appreciate it, though. That's right. He didn't agree with them. No. In, in fact, as he, he, all, all of them he put in the same, same pot by, by accusing them of wronging Job. That's right. Well, they, had, they committed one of the cardinal sins that I think, we, we do when we talk too much, when people are hurting. And one of the, the cardinal sin is we 
attribute to God things that are not true of God. That's right. They're saying, well, this must be happening because you sinned. You must have done something wrong. You're, you know, you're, they start accusing Job of not, mm-hmm. being, uh, right. not having integrity or being yeah. who he seems to be. Well, and the key to that is whenever you go to see someone that is in that kind of situation, ask this question of yourself. What would, what would I do if it was me? That's right. What would I want if it yeah. was me? I'd yeah. be quiet. So the fact is, they were applying bad theology in this situation, which we have we face too when somebody says something like, God must have needed another angel or yeah. something like that that's not true. People don't become angels when they die. Bad theology. <laughs> it's, it's bad theology. So when you attribute to God something that isn't true of God, and in this case it was, God must have done this to your kids because you must have sinned. We know from the Old Testament, He doesn't kill your kids routinely. That's when you sin, and there are some examples of David yeah. and his son and all that, yeah. but but it's not necessarily true that the bad things that happen in our lives are because of our behavior, no, or our parents' behavior, or somebody else's behavior. Sometimes we live in a fallen world, and bad things just happen, and when they do, it's traumatic and it's tragedy, and we have to let God help us get through it. That's exactly exactly right, and but one of the things that that we want to impress too is that if you're hearing us, that this may sound, we, we're, not making, we're not making it easy. We're not painting you a picture, though, that is horrifying, but yet we're telling you that it, what we're telling you is coming from truth because we've walked this way before. So it's not, it's not something that's new to us. That's right. We know what it feels like. That's right. And we know what it feels like on both sides of it. And we know how we felt when we talked to God. So in all of this, think about yourself and what kind of relationship you have with God. And if you even believe there is a God. And that part I can't even understand because I just, well, I sent that quote to you from, from I think it was from Spurgeon. That it, that atheism, that even the demon, even Satan didn't fall for that. Yeah, that's right. He didn't have that vice. That's right. That's right. So, so there is there is a being, our Creator, who knows now what it feels like because Jesus Christ has been here and walked among us. That's right. So He knows what that pain looks like. He knows what it feels like. He knows what it feels like to be abandoned. He knows what it feels to be alone. That's right. When he, faced his, when he faced his accusers, he was alone. So Job is in this situation where he is alone as well. But he knows. He, he knows exactly how he, what kind of relationship that he has with God. First of all, he fell down and worshipped. Then he said to God, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of, of the Lord. And good things come from God. And, and, and then he posed a question that said, also, why can't we accept the bad things as well? That's right. Those are hard. Yeah. Now, we, we have, the thing about it is that we do not have a promise that this life will be easy. There is no promise that it will be easy. No, in fact, we are promised that it will be hard. Jesus said that. Uh, absolutely. In this world, you will have trouble, John sixteen thirty three. So the real question... I come up with after 20 plus years working among the sickest people in the world 
as a neurosurgeon is, is the right question isn't why me it's the, why did it take this long for it to be me like like it, it happens to everybody so the, right. the the life lived thinking that nothing bad will ever happen to you is one in which you are set up to be really disappointed yeah. and really unfounded unanchored when life does get hard because right. it will get hard and this is not to be fatalistic it's just a fact that in this world you will have trouble so the right question isn't why is this happening to me? Although we all ask it, and we should oh, be, 100% we do. That's not the right question. The right question is, how can you help me in this time, God, now that this has happened? What can okay. I do now? Turn it around. That's, uh, turn it around in your mind and in your heart so that you understand that it, this is not something that is happening to, with you or to you. It, it happened, by, it happened in, in, in front of you. Yeah. It, it was in your presence. And right. it, you were a part of it. But That's it's right. not something that you have to take with you your whole life. But That's like right. I said, you're never going to forget. That's right. Well, it's, it's that definition of trauma, and this is important as we come to an, an end today here. Trauma is not what happened to you. Trauma is your set of responses to what happened to you. That's right. And the reason that's an important distinction is because Job would live the rest of his life with those six children having perished. That's right. They weren't coming back. That happened to him. And if his trauma, if he identified his trauma as the thing that happened, he would have been hopeless because that will never change. No. The thing that happened has always happened. It's always true. But the trauma response can be mitigated and healed if we respond to it properly. And, and Job shows us the way. Turn to God, worship, seek His help, yeah, let Him fill right. us with that peace, and He'll help us to tell a different story over time. It doesn't happen overnight. No. But as time goes on in our life, we begin to see a different story where we can be sad and find abundance in our life again. That's the, that's the reason that John sixteen thirty three in this world you will have trouble, and John 10, 10, I came here that you might have an abundant life. That's the reason that they are both true at the same time. That's right. And, and, God, and God made the ultimate sacrifice. John 3.16. Yep. For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. That's right. Jesus Christ came and He, he, he lived and He died. He, he was killed by people that He talked to. That's right. People that knew Him. That's right. And even, even the Romans couldn't find any fault with Him. Yep. Truly innocent. And yet he suffered greatly for he, us. He, that was the price that was required. Why that price? I have no answer. We'll, we'll, we'll know someday, maybe. But then, by then, we won't mind, we, when we're in heaven, we won't, ask, we won't be worried about asking a question. That's right. That's right. That's right. It, so, it is, so the thing is that about all of this, as you think about these kind of things, put yourself in that, his situation. What would I do? And ask yourself that question. What would I do? How would I respond? Would I give up everything I have? Probably to, to, re, to go back to where you were. But there's one thing about it. We can't go back. Nope. Yesterday's gone. All we have is right now. That's as right. we sit here. That's right. And tomorrow may or may not happen. That's right. We may not have tomorrow. So we have to do what we can today. That's right now, as we, as we sit here and as we live and as we breathe, and we have a choice, you can decide. I, I can decide whether I'm going to face this and I'm going to ask God for help, or I can live in misery the rest of my life. Wow. 
Well, that's an important decision, Tata. So we've come to this crossroads where we have a decision to make. With We're facing these massive things. We're going through this hardship, Tata. We're dealing with what seems to be impossible, but yet Job has shown us a model of godly suffering and where to turn for answers. And if somebody's going to make that kind of decision, when should they start? Start today. Let's start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren Podcast is brought to you by my brand new book, Hope is the First Dose. It's a treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things. It's available everywhere books are sold, and I narrated the audiobook if you're not already tired of hearing my voice. Hey, the theme music for the show is Get Up by my friend Tommy Walker, available for free at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. They are supplying worship resources for worshipers all over the world to worship the Most High God. And if you're interested in learning more, check out TommyWalkerMinistries.org. If you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer, WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer, and go to my website and sign up for the newsletter, Self Brain Surgery, every Sunday since 2014, helping people in all 50 states and 60-plus countries around the world. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. And I'll talk to you soon. Remember, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today.